Can we just bless the, the orchestra and the singers and Jennifer and Ben for just that anointed praise and worship? You can be seated as I introduce the word this evening. The title of my message is The Sower, the Seed, and the Soil. And if you've been with us over the last two or three months, you know the Lord has had us on the subject of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. And I believe it's where he just wants me to stay for at least another few weeks. That's why he's led me to this passage of Scripture. I'm not going to be able to finish this passage in one week or two, but maybe three or four weeks. But I'm just going to go as the Holy Spirit has led us. Amen? Over the last few weeks, Peter challenged us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He also challenged us to grow up in our salvation. Amen? So that's what we're going to keep doing until the Lord directs us. Otherwise, we're going to keep growing. Amen. Tonight, we're going to look, like I said, at the sower, the seed, and the soil as taught by Jesus in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15, and see how good we are growing. Amen. You can also find the same exact story in Mark chapter 4, verse 3 to 9, and Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 to 9. Like I said, I'm only going to cover a beginning of this passage tonight. We'll cover the rest in the coming weeks, but one more time before we even try to get into God's Word, we'll go to prayer once again. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your uh, love towards us. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence that's in this place tonight, God. And as I ask every week, God, I ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, for the power of your presence to be with each and every one of us, to be with me. That you would anoint my words, my mind, Father God, my body, my spirit. That you would anoint each one in this house as well. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive, Lord God, the power of your word. We come against every hindering spirit, any distraction, Father God, the cares and the, the concerns of this week, Father God. And we just sit at your feet tonight and ask that you would just sow your seed into our lives. Bless us, I pray tonight, by the power of your word, and we bless you in return, God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Luke eighteen four to 15 says, And when a great crowd came together, and people from town after town came to him, he, meaning Jesus, said in a parable, A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the trodden path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root and no moisture. And some fell among the thorns and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown." He who has ears, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of temptation and struggles, they fall away. And as for the seed that fell on the thorns, they are the th those that hear the word, and as they go away, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature." 
And the seed and the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and a good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. And I know most of you, if not all of you, have heard this word probably a dozen times or more, but I want to share it again because it's always good to re-examine the soil of our soul. Amen? It's always good to take an inside look at, at the condition of our heart and see if there is any evidence of life and any evidence of the Lord working in the soil of our soul. Amen? I want to look at this word again because it's always good for us to stir ourselves up by way of remembrance. Amen. The Bible tells us that we are to stir ourselves up by way of remembrance. So it's good to look at the Word of God once again. It's always good to go back and be stirred by the same Word that God spoke into our lives somewhere in our spiritual journey. Amen. And that's what we're going to do. I'm sharing this particular parable because I I believe it's like a spiritual soil test that's able to reveal the condition of the soil of our soul because we fall somewhere in this story. You and I are reflected somewhere in this story. There's no one in their spiritual journey that isn't reflected somewhere in this story. And my prayer is that the first time you heard it, you're further along the second time you heard it and a little farther along the third time you heard it. And my prayer is that tonight when you hear it and through this study that we go in that you find yourselves growing or having grown farther than you were the first time you heard it. Amen. The reality is, as any farmer will tell you, without good soil, no matter how expensive the seed is, it will not grow to its fullest. Without good soil, it won't bear fruit. Without good soil, it won't bring forth a harvest. Without good soil, we cannot be profitable to the master. Amen? How many of you want to be profitable? Then we need to understand the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil. I'm not even really going to be able to get to the soil tonight, but we're going to go anyway. The first thing you need to see is that the sower or the farmer went out to sow his seed, the Bible said. And as he was scattering or sowing, the seed fell in numerous different places. I'm going to say the seed fell everywhere. As he was sowing the seed, the Bible says some fell on the trodden path. Some seed fell on the rocky ground. Some seed fell among the thistles and the thorns, the Bible says. And some fell on the fertile soil as well. You may say that some seed fell on the busy places. Some seed fell on the hard and difficult places. places. Some seed fell in the shallow and the shady places. Some fell in troubled places. And some fell in perfect places as well. But the main truth that we have to see before we see anything else is that the farmer, according to verse 5, the very first initial words of this passage in this parable Jesus is teaching, the main truth is that the farmer went out and sowed his seed. And the very first question we need to ask ourselves as brothers and sisters in the Lord, as disciples of the Lord and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is when is the last time we went out to sow some seed? When is the last time we went into the highways and the byways and the bushes and the backyards of life in order to sow some spiritual seed? When's the last time we went into the busy places? When's the last time we went into the shady places of life? When's the last time we went into the troubled areas of the society that surrounds us in order to sow some spiritual seed into the lives of those that are in those areas? 
You see, every time we read the Word of God, it's not only about us. It's always about someone else instead. And the reality is the Bible tells us that the sower went out and sowed some seed. When's the last time we went out, church, and sowed some spiritual seed instead of some wild oats or some selfish oats? You see, the reality is the house of God is still filled with some individuals whose life is occupied with sowing wild oats and wild seed instead of spiritual seed and and good seed. And when you read this passage of Scripture, what you need to understand is that the sower sowed some good seed. And we're going to... When's the last time we went out? And sowed some spiritual seed. In 2 Corinthians 9, 9, and I can't get into the theology of it, but the Word of God tells us, Paul tells us, that the farmer who was Jesus Christ scattered his seed abroad into the hearts of all men everywhere he went. The reality is Jesus scattered among the rich and among the poor. He scattered among the Jews and among the Gentiles. He scattered among the rich and he scattered among the poor. He scattered among, we'll say today, the black and the white and every color in between. He scattered his seed everywhere he went, among the famous and the unknown just the same. Jesus sowed himself everywhere he went because he was no respecter of persons. Amen? He didn't care whether you you drive a fancy car or, or got a walk to work. He wants to sow seed into your life. He doesn't care what kind of house you live in, what kind of clothes you wear. He doesn't care what title you have on your name. He wants to sow some seed into your life. And he's called us to do the same concerning those around us in our life, church. We are called to do the same exact thing. The Bible says God so loved the world that if he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whether they're rich or whether they're poor, whether they're educated or whether they're simple, whether they're famous or no one knows their name, whosoever would believe in him should not perish and have everlasting life. And just like Jesus or just like God demonstrated his love towards whosoever, so should you and I. So should you and I sow Jesus Christ into the lives of all of those around us, church, regardless of social standing, regardless of position, popularity, prestige, looks, influence. Everyone needs the seeds of salvation sown into their lives. Amen? You need to understand that the rich man needs Jesus just as much as the poor. The educated person might need Jesus a little bit more because they're leaning on their own education and their own understanding and their own intellect and they think they don't need God, but they need God just as much as everyone else. It's exactly why in the Great Commission, church, we are told to go into all the earth and preach the gospel. Go into all of the earth and spread the seeds of salvation. Go into all of the earth and spread the gospel because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You see, the reality is the earth is the Lord's garden. The earth is the Lord's field. And you and I have been called to scatter His seed all across this earth. You and I have been called to scatter His seed into the highways and the byways and the backyards and the backwoods and the troubled areas and the shady shadowed areas and the rocky places where to sow His seed everywhere we go, just like Jesus did, church, into all the earth. Listen, I I don't want to get too theological, but the word says the farmer went out and sowed his seed. The reality is the farmer had to get up off of his couch 
He had to get off his comfy, cozy couch. He had to get out of the boat and get out of the bed. He had to come out of his comfort zone. He had to get up in an early hour. He had to get up at the right season and go out, the Bible says. He got up. He, he went out and he sowed some seed. He had to get off the pew and go out and sow some seed, the Bible says. He went out and sowed his seed, church. It was seed that, listen, it was seed that he cultivated. It was seed that was produced in his life and in his field and in his garden and his backyard, church. It wasn't borrowed seed. It was seed that he sowed. It was seed that he cultivated. It was seed he, he, uh, that, that he toiled over. It was his seed. He didn't go borrow the seed from someone else. And the sad reality is there's a lot of individuals in the house of God trying to borrow seed from someone else. They're borrowing someone else's prayers. They're borrowing someone else's praise. They're borrowing someone else's whatever in order to try to cultivate some sort of blessing in their life. He went out and sowed his seed, the Bible says. And the reality is you and I got to do some toiling. You and I got to do some sweating to produce some of our own seed in our life. Listen, without a harvest in our life, there's no seed. Without fruit, there's no seed. You got to have a harvest before you get some seed. And one of the main reasons we're not going out and sowing seed is because we don't got any in here to sow. The reality is, if you want to go out and sow seed, you got to make sure you got some cultivated and stored up in the barn of your own soul in order to go out, church. And the sad reality is, a lot of us aren't going out sowing seed because we don't even have any of our own. This is why Jesus even taught this parable, because he wants there, there to be some fruit and, and seed coming out of the soil of our soul. So he teaches us this parable. But the the farmer went out and sowed his seed, the Bible says, and we've been called to do the same, to go therefore into all the earth. However, the sad truth is, far too many of us have gotten comfortable in the church when God has called us to go outside of the church. Far too many of us are sitting on the seed, hoping it will hatch when God has called us to go out and sow the seed. We got a lot of seed sitters in the house of God when God is telling us to sow the seed. We come into the house of God and we sit on the seed, like I said, and I'm not trying to be funny with this, but we're hoping that it'll hatch. We're hoping something will come forth out of it. We're hoping a a, a harvest will come forth from the seed that we're just sitting on week after week after week. The only way you and I are going to ever experience a harvest in our life is to get off of the seed, to get off of the seat and start scattering the seed into our lives and the lives of those around us church. Don't be a seed sitter. It doesn't say that the farmer got up and sat on his seed. It says the farmer got up and he sowed some seed. He didn't use the bag of seed for a pillow. He didn't use the bag of seed for a seat to sit on. He opened up the bag of seed and he sowed it abroad. And the Bible says when he did, he reaped 30, 60, or 100 fold. The sad reality is the reason a lot of us aren't experiencing a blessing or a harvest in our life is like I said, we're sitting on the seed instead of sowing it. You want to experience some blessings in your life? Go out and sow some seed. That's what God called us to do. And this is what he's teaching us in this parable. The farmer went out. 
the Bible says. And the reality is it's time for us to do the same, to go out and start scattering seed everywhere we go and into every life we can. We have to start sowing seed. Listen, church, because without it, there's no harvest. Without it, there's no harvest. Without it, there's no hope. And we'll get to that in just a little bit, church. Please understand, the seed does no good bunched up in a bag. It does no good even clumped together in the house of God, church. It chokes itself out. If you know anything about farming, anything about seeding, if you dump a whole bunch of seed in one place, even on fertile soil, it won't grow to its fullest. It chokes itself out. And that's what's happening in the house of God. We're piling ourselves together in the house of God, choking out the power of God, choking out the anointing of God, choking out the goodness of God, choking out the the move of God, because we're all huddled together, piling the seed together instead of scattering it out there in this world. And it's why the church isn't producing. It's we're piled together in our little holy hill, hoping something's going to happen. And all it does is it chokes itself out. This church needs to be broken wide open and get the seed out there, church. It's how the kingdom advances. It's how the kingdom grows. Listen, when you hear in the past, and when you listen or read in the New Testament about how numbers were added to the church daily, it wasn't because they were sitting on a holy hill. It's because they were going out and sowing seed. And this is what you and I have been called to do. And this is what Jesus is teaching the disciples at the very beginning. Look, I know we're going to talk about the soil. I I know we're going to talk about some seed. But the the, the, the thing we need to understand, there's a sower involved in this story too. And the sower is the Lord. And the sower is the Holy Spirit. And the sower is you and me. And we've been called to go scatter the seed. Listen, I know a lot of people when they read this passage and they hear about some falling here and some falling there and some falling there thinking that seed went to waste. No, it doesn't. No, it didn't. The Bible tells me that the word of God will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. He he don't want you to, to, to examine the soil of the soul of the person at the workplace. He just wants you to sow some seed. He don't want you to go and say, well, they're a heathen. They're not ready to receive. They're not, they're this, they're that, they're that. He didn't ask you to examine the soil. He said, sow the seed. Let him take care of the rest. Some will spring up, some won't. Some will last, some won't. Just go sow the seed is what Jesus is saying. Listen, like I said, if we put too much seed in one place, it will not produce what it would produce or could produce if it was scattered abroad. It just doesn't work that way. And Jesus is trying to teach us this lesson. Listen, if you want to understand what I just talked about, all clumped together and how it could have produced more, read Acts chapter 8. Why do you think God sent a great persecution on Jerusalem even after the day of Pentecost? Because the Bible, when you study it and you read it, they were all, they were all staying in Jerusalem. They were all piling together on their little holy hill. They were, they were trying to recreate Pentecost each and every single day when God called them to go out into all the earth, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all of the other parts of the earth. But they were all huddled up in Jerusalem. And the seed wasn't being scattered. And the good news of Jesus Christ wasn't going across the globe and across the earth, church. And you'll find 
that even in the neighboring city there was an evil spirit that was ruling in the, in the surrounding city. A warlock that was in charge of the surrounding city. Why? Because the seed of Jesus Christ hadn't gotten there. It was hanging out in Jerusalem. So God, God sent a great persecution and scattered the apostles. I mean, scattered all of his disciples and the followers and even those that were in their upper room. Why? So the, the seed could scatter as well. I'll send one bag of seed over here. And I'll send one bag of seed over there. I'll send another handful here and another handful there. It's why persecution came upon the church to get the seed out there. I'm telling you, church, if we do not listen to this lesson, if we don't understand that we are the sower and we're to be out there in the world, if we don't get up out of our comfort zone and we don't get out there into the world, God will send a great persecution on the church just to get us off of our seat. Oh, we don't want to hear about that. I know. It's all happy, happy, happy that we want to hear in the house of God. But that's not what what God's called us to just be happy, happy, happy. You will be persecuted for righteousness sake, the Bible says, for spreading the gospel. Why do you think Jesus was crucified? Because he was spreading the gospel all throughout the earth. And that's what you and I are supposed to do as well. Please understand one of the main reasons the church is being choked and not producing harvests is because it's not going out. It's sitting on the seed instead of sowing it. It's all piled up in one place in here instead of out there, church. But the farmer, the Bible tells us, went out and sowed his seed. That's the first lesson that the Holy Spirit wants to teach us, that we must go out and sow our seed. In verse 12, Jesus said, Now this is the parable, speaking about the seed. Now this is the parable. The seed is the word of God. So if you've been wondering what in the world seed I've been talking about, I just gave you a revelation. It is the Word of God. I'm not talking about a bag of rye. I'm not talking about a bag of Kentucky bluegrass. I'm not talking about a bag of something else. I'm talking about the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. According to Jesus Christ, the most important part of the parable is the Word The most important part of the story that he's telling, he says, this is the parable. If you don't hear anything else, basically, Jesus is saying in this story, you don't understand anything else about this story, who the characters are or anything, understand this. The seed is the Word of God. That's what he wants us to understand. Because the seed is what's filled with life, and the seed is what's filled with power. The seed is what contains fruit and supernatural harvest, church. The seed or the word is what contains the image of Christ and the character of Christ. And it, it's, it's what contains and brings forth the kingdom of God into our lives. 30, 60, and a hundredfold, the Bible says. The seed is the word of God. And it's why we must sow it everywhere, church, because it has the power to produce. You see, the reality is this seed produced something even on the rocky soil. This seed produced something even in the thorny soil. This seed, even even when it fell on the, the trodden path, it fed the birds. The Word of God will not return void. It will feed something and it will grow. You just got to go out and scatter it, church. Someone else might have to water it. Someone else might have to, t- someone else might have to do something else. You and I are just to go sow it, church. Listen to me. 
If you're lacking a harvest, you're lacking the Word of God. In the beginning, listen, in the beginning, the seed is the Word of God. Inside the seed is life. Inside the seed is a harvest. Inside the seed is a hundred other seeds, the Bible is saying. Inside of the seeds, there's a, there's a miracle, church. And unless you sow it, you can't experience any of that. And that's why I say, if you're lacking a harvest in your life, you're lacking the Word of God because the seed is the Word of God. The blessing is the Word of God. The harvest is the Word of God. The healing is the Word of God. The promise is the Word of God. The hope, the forgive, whatever it is you're looking for, the, the meeting of your need is the Word of God, the Bible says. You know as well as I do, in the beginning... God sowed the Word and brought forth creation. God didn't reach into a bag and take out a physical seed. He used a spiritual seed. You know it. God said. God said. Time and time again, God said, let there be light. He sowed a seed. He sowed His Word. How many of you know the Word of God is the seed? So in the beginning, God didn't go looking around for a bag. He spoke supernatural seed. Let there be light. And guess what grew? Light. Let there be greenery. Guess what grew? Greenery. Let there be vegetation. Let there be animals. Let there be beasts. Let there be birds of the air. He sowed the seed of his own word and creation came into being. He sowed the word. And the moon showed up and the stars showed up and the sun showed up. He sowed his word. Moo, cows started to wander across the land. He sowed the, the word of his, or the seed of his own word. Grass grew up here. Plants grew up here. Water started to bubble here. Rivers started to run here. He sowed the word. Listen, the word is filled with power. And the reality is, you and I need to start sowing some of that word into our own lives We need to start sowing that word into the lives of those around us. You know someone whose life is barren. You know someone whose whose mind is a mess. You know someone whose marriage is about to fall apart. You know someone whose finances are struggling. You know someone who can't sleep at night because of the trouble that's going on in their household. And God is asking you and me to sow the seeds of power and the seeds of hope and the seeds of healing and the seeds of forgiveness and the seeds of restoration into their life. Because in that seed... In this seed is life. But if you don't sow the seed, death rules instead. If you don't sow the seed, nothing can come forth. Listen, if your marriage is messed up, sow the seed in it. If your mind's a mess, start sowing the seed in it. If you can't sleep at night, sow some seed into it. You understand what I'm saying? If you're worried about your son, worried about your daughter... Don't take, the, don't take it all into your own hands. Sow some word into it. Sow some seed into it because in the seed is life. This word has the power to bring forth the kingdom of God into any situation that you and I might face. Listen, if there's a marriage that's in trouble, all it needs is a little bit of the kingdom of God. If your family's a mess, all it needs is a little bit of the kingdom of God. If you or your family or your friends or your co-workers need something, they need new life. You need to sow the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God, church. 
And that's what we need to understand. If you're lacking a blessing, you're lacking in the Word. If you're lacking in peace and rest or or the power to overcome, you and I are simply lacking in the Word, church. If we're lacking faith, we're lacking the Word because the Bible tells me that faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. If you're lacking faith, sow the seed. If you need healing in your body, sow the seed. This is part of the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach. The seed is the Word of God, and inside the seed is everything we need. It contains a supernatural harvest and a portion of the kingdom of God. It, 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 it contains everything we need. That's what we have to realize, church. We have to realize that this Word is living and active and it has the power to produce. Produce whatever need you have in your life. Why do you think Paul admonished us to let the Word of Christ dwell richly within you, he said? Because it had the power to produce the kingdom of God in your life. Let the Word of God, Paul said, let the Word of God to dwell richly in your life. Understand, the only seed that has the power to produce is the Word of God. This is the only seed, like I said, that can bring forth the kingdom of God in our lives. And without this, I can't stress it enough, without this, there's no life. Without this, there's no hope. This is the power of God unto salvation. And the only way you will... Anyone you know that needs to be saved, they need the Word of God. They need the Word of God. They need more than just you inviting them to church. They need the Word of God. They need you to sow the seeds of salvation into their life because without the Word of God, there's no hope. Without the Word of God, there's no life. Without the Word of God, there's no salvation, church. The reality is this world needs some serious sowers of the seed. It needs some serious sowers of the seed, church. Understand me, every single day, the enemy is scattering his seed left and right. He's scattering it through the media. He's scattering it out of Hollywood. He's scattering it on the TV. He's scattering it in our schools. He's scattering it in in Washington, D.C. Everywhere you look, the devil is scattering his seed left and right. Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Scientology, all sorts of weirdy, wacky theologies, church, and doctrines are growing faster than ever before for one main reason, because the farmer's seed isn't being scattered abroad. It's piling up in the house of God. We're sitting in our big mega churches, and I'm not calling this a mega church, and I'm not saying this is us. I'm saying overall, the reason so many of these other seeds are growing in society and in this world is because the farmer's seed is being piled up in the house of God because it's not going out, because it's not competing, because the house of God's not being salt and not being light, because we're not putting on the the full armor of God and shotting our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, willing to take it out into a lost and dying world. We're sitting on our bag of seed instead of scattering it out into the world, into the areas where it needs it. You see, God mentioned these areas not by mistake. There are some troubled areas in the lives of of those around us, in, in the world that we live in. There's some rocky areas, some shady areas 
There's some difficult areas where God is asking us to go sow the seed. Oh, but God, you know, that's not my calling. That's what I hear more than anything else. Oh, that's not my calling. God didn't call me to be an evangelist. That's nonsense. God called every single one of us to be an evangelist. God called every single one of us to be sowers of His seed. Not your seed. You understand what I'm saying? Sowers of His seed. This world is being influenced by so much junky seed. It's why our society is a mess. We need to start sowing this seed into this society if we ever hope to see anything different. Remember, the farmer went out and sowed his seed. He sowed righteous seed. He sowed godly seed. He sowed holy seed and pure seed and and living seed, church. And it does the world no good unless it's sown out there. Holy seed, righteous seed, pure seed, good seed, living seed. It does no good just sitting here in the house of God. Yeah, it feels good on a Sunday. Yeah, it feels good on a Wednesday. But there's some people out there that don't feel good Monday through Saturday, church, and they need the seed of the Word of God delivered and sown into their life. Let's not dare say, oh, that's not my calling. Let's not dare say, leave it to the pastor, leave it to the prophet, leave it to the evangelist. No, we've all been called to go, therefore, into all the earth and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Understand, this is the only seed that is living and active. We've learned that more powerful than any two-edged sword. All other seed will pass away. All other seed is infertile seed. It's barren, church. The seed that this world sows into your life and your kid's life and your neighbor's life, it's infertile. It's barren. It cannot produce anything righteous. can't produce anything living. It's dead seed. It's dead seed that's being sown every day into our lives and the lives of those around us. And we cannot let it take root in our lives because if it does, we'll become barren ourselves. It's exactly why Jesus was teaching this message so that we would examine the soil of our soul, look at the seed that's falling into our lives and make sure that it grows. This is what this parable is about. It's the only seed that's living and active. This is the parable Jesus said. The seed is the Word of God. What we have to keep in mind in this story is that every seed was exactly the same. Came from the same bag, came from the same pile, came from the same farmer, came from the same sower. The seed was exactly the same. Tonight I'm sowing seed into a let's say, a hundred different lives. But the seed is exactly the same. Every one of you is receiving the same exact seed tonight, the same exact word, the same exact challenge, the same exact message. It's exactly the same. Yet it will have a different result in every single one of your lives. But the seed is exactly the same. On Sunday morning, pastor will sow the same exact seed into the lives of a thousand people. Shady lives... Shallow lives, troubled lives, hard lives, soft lives, trodden lives, lives that are filled with the cares and the concerns. of the He will sow the same exact seed into a thousand different lives. The seed is exactly the same, but it will have a different result 
in, the, in every single person's life based on a new, number of different things, mainly the condition of the soil of its soul. But the seed is exactly the same. One of the things that you and I need to understand, church, is that the seed never changes. In this story, some fell on the trodden path. Some fell on the rock. Some fell on the weeds. Some fell on fertile ground as well. The same seed, what you have to understand, has the power to produce the kingdom of God in my life and in your life. It has the same power, church, to produce the character of Christ in you as the person sitting next to you. The seed, my point is, is always the same. The Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never changes. We do. Our surroundings might change. Our situations might change. But the Word of the Lord remains the same forever, church. The Bible tells us that. So please understand this. In this parable, the seed is never the reason that the soil doesn't produce. You can't blame the pastor. You can't blame anybody else if if you're not producing. It's not the seed's fault. It's not the pastor's fault. Now, unless, you know, unless he's a heathen preaching warped theology, then I'll say that. But I'm not saying that about our pastor. The seed is the same. He brings you righteous seed and holy seed and godly seed and goodly seed each and every week. It is never the seed's fault that your soil doesn't produce. It's never the seed's fault that my soil doesn't produce. It's my fault. It's because I'm not tending to the garden of my soul. It's because I'm not doing what needs to be done. It's because I might not be allowing the seed to to find its place into my life. It's exactly why Paul spoke to the church and said, let, allow, make room for, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you is what he was saying, church. This is what we have to understand. We need to sow some spiritual seed into the lives of those around us and we need to allow spiritual seed into our lives as well. Amen? We just need to open up and allow the Word of God to come in. He sowed His seed. Here's another thing that I want you to see. Not earthly seed, not carnal seed, not sinful seed. It wasn't the seed of man. It's not the seed of some great philosopher. He's not talking about... He he wasn't talking about the seed of of Aristotle or Plato or, or Confucius or any other great philosopher. He wasn't talking about the seeds of Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz or Oprah or the ladies on The View. He wasn't talking about carnal seed. He was talking about kingdom seed. He's talking about spiritual seed. You see, the seed of man will only get you so far because it's barren and it's empty. It doesn't have life. So when it's put to the test, it'll only go so far and then you'll fall, you'll fail and your heart won't experience the abundance that it needs, church. This is the seed that must be sown into our life. It's what must be allowed into our life. The sad reality is, I'm not saying you, but the house of God is filled with individuals that'll spend all afternoon soaking in the seeds of this carnal world. How they grab onto every word Dr. Phil has to say. Grab on to every word that the Dr. Oz has to say. They can't wait to listen to the ladies on The View to listen to what they have to say. But you can't get them to crack open the seeds of salvation for even five minutes, church. And we wonder why we're barren. We wonder why there's no fruit. 
We wonder why everything is falling apart in our lives because we're allowing the wrong seed into the soil of our soul. His seed, the Bible says, His seed is the Word of God. And this is what we have to keep in mind. The same goes for our very own soul. We can't produce the image of God or the likeness or the character of God without the supernatural seed of the Word of God being applied to our hearts. We can't expect a harvest if we're not willing to receive the seed with gladness, the Bible says. We need to receive it with gladness, amen? It's why Paul said in Colossians 3.16, like I said, let the Word of God dwell richly within you. What he was saying is you've got to let the Word of God in. A lot of people come into the house of God and this is the way they come in. I'm not letting nothing in. I'm not letting nothing in. You see that? That's what they're doing. They, they think they cover up their heart and not let the Word of God in. But you know what? The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce into your soul even when you're all wadded up like this. Not gonna let, but that's the way we come into the house of God. And God says, you know what? My, 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 my Word is sharper than that. My Word can pierce through whatever obstacles you put in place because it's living and it's active and it's more powerful than any two-edged sword. But the reality is when we open up, when we take open our hands and we open up our heart and we're willing to be like David that said, here I am, God, search me. Here I am, God. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. See if there be any pebbles. See if there be any rocks. See if there be any thorns. See if there be any thistles. See if there be anything within me, David said, that doesn't belong there. When we're willing to do that, then the Word of God, which is the power of God, and the healing of God, and the blessings of God, and the harvest of God, and all of those things, when we allow it in, then we begin to experience this harvest and this abundance like we've never experienced it before. When we come into the house of God, the first thing we should say is, God, here I am. I'm letting your word have its way in my life. It might be difficult. It might hurt. But God, I'm letting you have access to the soil of my soul. And I'm going to let your word dwell richly within me. So that I can experience a harvest 30, 60, or 100 fold. Listen, how many of you want a, a, a harvest like that? 30, 60, or 100 fold. All we have to do is let the Word of God dwell richly within us. Amen? Let it in. And we'll experience a harvest beyond our belief. Amen? I'm going to start winding this down. The reality is that unless the seed finds good soil, which we're getting to in the couple weeks. But until it finds good soil, it can't bring forth good fruit and fruit that will last. It can't bring forth a heavenly harvest, which we're going to look at in a, in a couple weeks. But for now, this is what you and I have to understand as I'm bringing this to a close. You and I could toil all season long preparing the soil of the, our garden. You could buy the best tools, you could buy the best equipment, you could buy the best fertilizer that's on the market. You could dig out every pebble in the soil of your soul or backyard, whichever you're thinking, earthly or spiritual. You can trench a perfect row. You could hook up a hundred hoses. You could be like the modern farmer and have a million dollar combine. But without the seed, what do you have? You got nothing. Nothing. 
Without the seed, you have nothing but a fallow field that can't produce anything, especially the kingdom of God in its life. But sadly, that's where so many Christians are today. It's what so many Christians are like. They're like empty gardens and fallow fields because the Word of God isn't dwelling in them. Because it's not living, it's not abiding, it's not taking residence in the soil of their soul, church. When Paul said, let the Word of God dwell in you, he was referring, this is what he was saying, let the teachings of Jesus Christ and the theology of Jesus Christ, let the doings and the deeds of Jesus Christ, let the spirit of Jesus Christ and the standards of Jesus Christ and the statutes and the ordinances and the the lifestyles of Jesus Christ, let them live and move and breathe in you. And when you do, you'll experience a harvest in your life, church. This is the beginning of the parable. Remember, this is the parable, Jesus said. The seed is the Word of God. And this is what I close with. Because really what Jesus is saying is, without the seed, there is no parable. Without the seed, there is no story. Without the seed, there is no testimony. Listen, if it wasn't for this, you'd have no testimony. We just sang, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. And the word came and dwelt among us. It's Jesus Christ. The word of your testimony above everything else is not necessarily you sharing your testimony. The word of your testimony is Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for this, you'd have no testimony. If it wasn't for Jesus and if it wasn't for this, we'd have no song. We'd have no clap. We'd have no dance. We'd have nothing if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for the seed, there'd be no story to tell tonight. But because there is a seed, His seed, a powerful seed, there's a song, there's a testimony, there's a story, there's a parable. And this is the parable, Jesus said. The seed is the Word of God. How many of you are willing to let the Word of God dwell richly within you? Amen? Stand to your feet.